Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What is up, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, Don Lemon and Tucker Carlson might have gotten fired today, but we didn't, so... That's a win, right? Like that's a it small is a win. win. It feels like a win for democracy that you and I are here still. It feels like a good day for journalism, for authentic, you know, really just sanctioned and, and iconic journalism. Reliable. The type of, the type of which you and I produce mm-hmm. on a day-in, day-out basis. So here we are, my friends. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of commentary from Laura on that. I um I also have to tell you all that right before we start the episodes, I my burst of adrenaline that I get is listening to Laura's like really like high pitched whistle into her microphone to test it before we start. It's kind of like my dog's like it's my my dog whistle, and I like literally like, but not in like the racist political way, but like in the like actual way, where I'm like, wait, is it time to record? Is it time to record a podcast? And it is, and it is. So yes, we're, ha- I, we're happy to be here. I do test my microphone by whistling. I don't know why. It just is what works for me. You know, there's some audio guy listening to this episode right now going, what the fuck? That'll damage the, that'll damage the microphone. And to that we say, eh, if it happens, it, was, it happens. It was $55. So if it works, it works. That's what matters. And uh, if it doesn't work, don't let us know. Keep that to yourself. We uh, only do positive feedback on this on this show. So, yeah, no bad vibes. Yeah, don't tell us how we could be better. We're not interested. We're okay with us. If we wanted to know that, we'd go to Reddit. That's true. <laughs> that is where we would go. Um, that's definitely true. Or Twitter sometimes. Never for us, but you know, one day probably. But welcome in everybody. We're glad you're here. We're glad to be back. Last week was a shit show. This week will continue to be a shit show. I actually don't know for the foreseeable future when there won't be a shit show in either Laura or my personal lives. But uh, here we are. Here we are. Hopefully, if you were missing us, you checked out the episode that we did, um, you know, with our friend Richard from the network who, uh, you know, puts on a little mini series, I guess you could call it. Maybe. I don't know if I call it mini series because, like, I guess it's short, but um, called Game Over. I can't. I, I called it a side quest. I feel like Quest was in his description of it too. So I, I'm sure that that's probably not too far from the truth, but it was fun. We had a lot of fun. We went on and talked about uh, the Blue Jacket season that was, and we recorded that actually before the season was over, didn't we? Um, yes. Yes. Because so, there was a game. Because remember, we when we rescheduled, we watched a game. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that, you know, most of what we said is still is true. It carries like a lot of it was like what went wrong. And I don't think any of that got fixed in the last three games of the season. So go check that out. Um, <laughs> if you want to if you want to listen to us talk more about, uh, you know, our misery. We always love when we get interviewed. That's why we like this time of year when we can hop on other people's podcasts and talk about the season of the Blue Jackets have, but also a uh, little preview for some content next week. Uh, we'll have our exit interviews next week, which is going to be cool. I know we lo- both love being interviewed and asked questions about this whole thing, about the Jackets and about this show. So I'm looking forward to that. But Laura, how are you doing? I know we only recorded one episode last week, and I feel like you and I are ships passing in the night, and the night is our podcast um so (laughs) this is authentically uh well it's not me asking for the first time because we also just talked on the phone for two hours before we recorded but um let's pretend that it is uh laura how are you i i'm stressed i was gonna i thought you were gonna like answer with a lie i thought that you're gonna like answer something because if i remember right when i asked you earlier you said bleh I did say bluff before. Um, no, I just, there's a lot of parts and pieces that are moving around in my life right now. And one of, one of which is like, I'm moving in three weeks. So, um, and I, it, there's just so many things. And I'm looking around my disaster of an apartment right now and just 
realizing that I have to move all of this disaster and hopefully less of it because I need to be a responsible adult and get rid of some stuff. And I have to, to move all of this to another place in three weeks. So that is stressful. Um, work's not really stressful. It's just frustrating sometimes. I still love it. Um, yeah, my family is stressful, but that's not still, new. I understand. You still love it. <laughs> you know, depends on the day, but uh yeah it's just it's kind of a, it's a time i feel like it's been a little bit of time that i have gone without being like this i feel like the last few episodes you've asked and i've been like it's good things are good yeah and, and I, I, well, I don't think i was lying no you weren't i think what's cool about this too is like i feel like when we and we both go through these cycles of like listing off the things that have us in the shit. Like, and sometimes you and I both have lists of things that like you can't predict a, a foreseeable end to. And like, it's hard to like <laughs> find the light at the end of the tunnel, but everything you just said, like has like a date that it ends, which is like good. Like that feels good. Right. Like <laughs> at least we know. Yeah. I think, I think so. I, Yeah. It's just what when those things end, certain things have to. Oh, everything begin. else will pop up. Yeah, of course. And I'm not really looking forward to that. And my boss, I, I was talking to my boss about us going to Texas, and he was very excited. But he was like, "Are you sure that that's enough time?" And I was like, "Rich, I would love if I was going to accrue enough." vacation time by that point to take more time to go but yeah, that's not that's not how this works this is, this is best friend banter happening real quick sidebar on the show are we leaving thursday or friday thursday oh okay i think we'll be fine i think we have time i feel good about it i understand why he's stressed but i feel good about it well he just more so wanted me to enjoy texas for longer I don't he, know how hot Houston is in June. Yes, we did I, talk about that as well. But he was more so excited that, like, because I've never been to Texas mm. and stuff. And I was sort of explaining, like, that we're going to go on Thursday. And then on, we'll have most of the day Friday because I don't think we have any responsibilities until the evening. Right. And then the wedding is in the evening the next day but we also just have to buy plane tickets too we need to figure that part out but um so yeah so i was like i would love but then i also need i want to save whatever other vacation i have accruing for traverse city so yeah no that's fair at least that's like more of a, that definitely feels like it you can make it swing in more of a weekend trip. Whereas like Texas feels like harder. Yeah. I just more so want to know the dates of Traverse City. <clears throat> if anybody is listening that we know sometimes listens. <clears throat> Whenever those dates become available. Or even before they do. Yes. Let your two of your favorite podcasters. I won't like claim that soul spot. But we're cute enough, I think. Truly. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's my life in a nutshell. I got new glass. Well, I'm getting new glasses. Oh, that's so. exciting. I love new glasses. They're so definitive on a person. These ones are kind of boring, though. Interesting. So. I'm excited to see them. We'll see. But I didn't have to get my eyes dilated, which was a blessing. That's a win. Because my mom's office got a brand new fancy camera. Wow. That's that just sees into your soul. Okay. Essentially. Well, I mean, hey, 
it, as if there aren't already things looking that deep into us already. Like, but enough, enough about me. How are you? I'm doing really well. Lies. <laughs> I would say Laura's like trying to decide if like she's gonna go along with the bit and like respect me and just like no. <laughs> if I have to talk about how shit my oh, life is, then trust you me. trust me. That was for the bit. Um, that was for the bit for sure. Um, I'm okay. Generally speaking, I think I'm just like overwhelmed by everything happening around me. I described it to my boss as like, I feel like I'm cooking like a really nice meal. And I hear a pot boiling over. So I grab it off the burner and I stir it and I get that calmed down just in time to hear another element like sizzle because another pot has started to boil over and I grab that. Um, And so like that has been a lot and it's just like that idea of like when you feel like everything in your life is transactional, like that's kind of where I'm at. And so I'm trying to get myself out of that rut. I've also like had this like internal dialogue with myself where I'm like talking about like the difference between like, are you in a rut or are you in flow? And like when you're in flow, like everything's coming to you really naturally and like everything is like moving really fast and like it feels good and that's flow. And that's where I find myself a lot of the times. But when I'm in a rut, it's like, you know everything's happening like everything keeps going and going and going and like it might confuse itself as being flow every now and again but the thing that i know makes it so that i know i'm not in flow and i'm in a rut is when i just think i should make like a drastic ass decision and just like hope that that is like the domino effect that leads to everything else like climbing out of the rut and like getting back to where i want to (laughs) be and that's obviously not true don't do that don't recommend that's not not a good call at all. Unless like your dramatic decision is like dyeing your hair blonde, then okay, like do what you need. But like, I'm talking like sell my car kind of like manic episode of like, <laughs> I just don't need this anymore. What, who gives a fuck about metal? Um, and me, the answer is me, I do. And so I, that was like, just like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm in a rut. Like that's what's happening here. Um, yeah, everything around me is collapsing. And that's cool. But we're paying a lot of money to fix the things that are collapsing. And so here's hoping that they stay put together for an extended period of time. Fingers crossed. I am in that moment where it's like literally like everything happens at once. Like it's like I feel like there have been so many balls in my in my in the air, like and everything has fallen at the same time. And some of them like have a little bit of recoil. Like some of them like bounce back up. And I'm like, okay, you can stay there for a second. Like that was jarring when you dropped, but like I like I can account for you. But there's others that were like lead balloons and they just like hit the ground and like they didn't bounce back up. They just stayed there. And they're really heavy to lift. And so trying to lift some of those as best as I can. So we'll see where that goes. But a lot of that heavy lifting probably can't happen until after commencement this weekend, which is so exciting. I'm so excited for Sunday. Like, I am, like, going to probably cry. A well-deserved release of emotions. I thought so. For sure. For sure. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. It'll be good. And I also hate the fact that I have not been able to watch a ton of playoff hockey, like, because of that. Like, I haven't been able to, like, just, like, sit down and, like, watch a lot of what's going on. I've been following a lot of it, Um, you know on Twitter or whatever have you. And it sounds like there's been a few good series, a few good games, and I am sad that I haven't watched them all. But I was pretty happy to see Nick Felino score on Sergei Bobrovsky the other night. That's true. Oh, fun fact here, as we're recording this, the Leafs um, came back and tied it up. They were down 4-1 to the Lightning, and they just they came back and tied it up. Which is a real bummer for me because uh, I went two for two on my weekend picks. Uh, I parlayed both Friday or both Saturday and Sunday's games, and I won like 120 bucks. So that's exciting. I'm one for one tonight. I picked the Devils, but I also picked the Lightning. So I don't need them to figure their shit out. But yeah, I just feel like I haven't been able to watch a lot of it. I don't know about you. I don't know if you've watched any playoff hockey, but no, just highlights. I feel like I'll get more invested. As it gets closer to the end. Yeah, that's fair. There's just too many teams right <laughs> now. Right now. No, so. that's fair. 
That's fair. Well, we can talk about the team that we do care about. Yes. That sounds like it could be a good way to, to talk about or to introduce our, our Blue Jackets portion of the show that is specifically about the Blue Jackets. <laughs> um, so obviously there have been some things that have happened uh, in the last week since we last recorded even. But I mean, not a ton of major breaking news on the Blue Jackets front. I mean, of course, no new head coach at this point. Like, don't expect that anytime soon. No real blow-ups at exit interviews, which is what we're going to talk about here at the start of the show. Like, nothing, like, major here happening on the home front, which is nice because when you do only record one episode per week, uh, this is good that the Blue Jackets news feed and news cycle is, like, sticking to our our chaos as well outside of just our hockey chaos. And so, Laura, I know that you have some moments from exit interviews that you want to talk about. I know that we always enjoy this. It's like you get a chance to hear at the end of the season what was on a player's mind for an extended period of season. Maybe you get a clarifying question about something that happened mid-season. But I'm going to be honest with you. We've got some some things that we want to highlight. But, like, it was just like – if it is a lot of the things that I would expect a team and players on that team that just finished 31st in the NHL, like to say, right? Like there's nothing earth shatteringly philosophical about these exit interviews. And, you know, again, we get some content, we get some things that we want to talk about, but generally speaking, I guess we could just start there. It just was very like, (laughs) it's very cliche, futuristic optimism that you have to have after losing every game that you did this year but it just was a little bit too like cliche for me in a lot of instances especially given the fact that you know a couple coaches just had gotten let go all that kind of stuff so it was it was not as an emotional of a day as I would have expected it to be well I think like you just said they literally gave these interviews like a couple of hours after they found out that um Lars and Manny had uh, been let go. So I think for a lot of them, they hadn't really gotten an opportunity to like really think it through. And, um, you know, but I don't think, I don't know that it came as much of a shock to any of them um, just because of how everything's been going. But, um, but yeah, it was all pretty, not all pretty but there was definitely some cliche moments that you would expect of like, we know that this wasn't the season that people expected. Like we're upset about it. Like we know, or like them as individuals know what they have to do in the off season. Like, um, and basically like the hope and stars and rainbows for the upcoming season. And, what the locker room is going to look like and, and all that sort of stuff. But there were a few like highlights that are notable um, that I think can um, get Blue Jackets fans through uh, the next little bit before things start really getting riled up before the draft lottery and everything else that's going to happen this off season. But um, I think first, most notably just because we didn't get to see him, um, the last few games uh, would be Patrick Line's exit interview and pretty standard, like, you know, he um, about the season and the disappointment and particularly in his um, frequent injuries throughout the season. Um, but most notably was the like absolutely pure joy and excitement that came over his face when he started talking about focusing on building his skill set in the center position over the course of the off season. And he himself said, you know, it's been a really long time since I've been this excited about something involving hockey. And, you know, he's like, it was only two games that I got to play, but I think you would have known right away if this wasn't going to, work out or if there wasn't going to be, or if there wasn't potential there for this opportunity. So I thought that was really exciting. I think Patty's been in an interesting rut the last few years. He's been through a lot. He's been injured a lot. Um, And to see him this excited was really nice. Like, and it was genuine excitement. So I I thought it was really nice. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it's going to be interesting to see what comes of, of this whole Patrick Lina experiment at center with a new coach, because I think that that is going to be an important element to this conversation. A lot of, a lot of the comments were from folks around the situation that, you know, Lars maybe didn't push certain guys hard enough and Lars maybe gave people a little bit too much of a leash. And I don't know how often Patrick Line was a part of that, like, grouping of players that maybe got too much of a leash from Brad Larson. But I think it's probably safe to assume that maybe as a skilled guy, like those are the guys that normally get a little bit of a leash from a head coach. And so I wonder if that was the case with him. And I wonder if, I wonder if the center experiment is going to carry over into a new coach. I kind of hope it does. I mean, like I'm just curious more than anything, but I, I don't know if it will, like it, it could potentially just turn into a, you know, Lars tried it and you know, Maybe that that isn't what worked, but maybe maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's I don't like he looks kind of okay in that position, and maybe I'll be the coach that gets the credit for it if it ends up working. <laughs> so we'll see. But yeah, no, it's always good to hear from Patrick Line. I love the stoicism of a Finn, and he always delivers on that, regardless of of what he's wearing. So <laughs> that's always yeah. Nice. He did try to be very. He was one of the few that they actually asked about what they would like to see in the new coach. And he very diplomatically was like, all coaches are different. Um, You have old school coaches, you have new school coaches, you have coaches that are in the middle, but all coaches, all things kind of no opinion. Like basically he just skirted um, that question as much as possible. Cause I do think like, obviously it was so fresh that Lars had been let go and like, you know, I'm sure all of the players have opinions about that, but, you know, and who knows what conversations will be had with especially like the leadership group on coaching decisions and all that sort of stuff, if or if they'll even involve them or if this will strictly be like a front office um, situation. I know players um, were involved in the decision to um, hire Lars two years ago, so... Um, maybe they're like, your opinions are shit. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> a lot of those opinions aren't around anymore, though, to be fair. That is true. That is true. Um, but yeah, so he he very eloquently skirted around that question. But it was definitely good to see a happy patty, which that was super funny to say. Um, but which will hopefully lead into a successful Patrick, as he just announced that he will be playing in the world championships for Finland. So fingers crossed. I don't, he won't be playing center. I know that for sure, but um, I think a positive performance there will really be helpful for him as well. Yeah, no, he definitely, I would be shocked if he played center for Finland. I like would be, that would be a nice little throw a bone to Yarmo Kekalainen and like help, help that whole thing get figured out quickly. But um, I'm also curious who is coaching that team. I wonder if the guy, I wonder if you saw Yalanen, who is somebody who has coached the Finnish national team before. I wonder if he's coaching them again this year. He's somebody who people talk about with the Blue Jackets every now and again, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But Laura, he wasn't the only one that we had some, some takeaways from. I mean, I think, you know, we talked a lot, like Johnny was pretty like cliche, like a lot of the things that you would expect to hear after a player in their first season, especially the first season with a team that didn't go as planned. Um, but then you've got a couple of people who are just as notable, like the Alice Merzlikens of the world or the Kromachenkos of the world. Um, I just love Kromachenko, right? Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, other than that, of course, there's good content in there and we'll absolutely talk about it. But I just, as a human, I love him. Yeah, his exit interview was one of my favorites to watch just because he is one of the shining lights out of this like incredibly dismal season. And seeing his success on the ice and seeing him get acclimated to living in the States and living in Columbus um, and just how far he's come, like even with his language skills over the course of the season um, has been really great. And he's just he just has such a great personality. Like he was the subject of conversation in 
several of the other guys interviews and just like what his positive energy um, brought to like the room and especially on these like really tough days and really tough games like his attitude really went a long way in the locker room and you know he essentially said like when they asked him about um, how he can be so positive is like he just loves hockey he loves the fact that he gets an opportunity to do this as a career. Um, his dream was always to come to the NHL. And for the last three years, he's been working strictly on um, getting his performance and his skill level up to par so that when he did come over here to North America, that he would be ready. And, you know, he essentially in, in the way that he phrases things, he's living his dream. So why not be, just over the moon about this opportunity and that's just so lovely like just so lovely and he you know he also said like my wife sees sometimes the other side of me where I'm frustrated or I'm you know venting about um how a game went or how he played or something like that but he's like for the most part I want to show my teammates and you know, my coaching staff that I'm just, I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to be playing on this team and with these people and all this sort of stuff. So it was just really nice. I mean, he did say that he was disappointed in himself about how many goals he got in his rookie season. He was very happy to to break the Blue Jackets record, but he was very specific on the fact that it was not a 40 goal season and it was not um, what his level of expectation um, is for himself. But he also said that he can't wait to break more records as his career goes on. And I definitely think that that um, will be in his future for sure. And he's excited to potentially be welcoming some other Russian players onto the team um, here in the next couple of years and just talking about how helpful everyone has been for him um, as he got adjusted and all that sort of stuff. And he's like, I've just felt very welcome here. And he and his wife love Columbus. They've been to the zoo like seven times already. Um, and if you want to see something adorable, you should go and watch and see when they ask him what his favorite um, zoo animal is and the joy that he gets out of proclaiming red pandas. Um, so yeah. we, it's really we may have been part of a Twitter campaign to next season have Jeff Sabota uh, go on a trip to the zoo with Kirill um, for, for some segments uh, when the new season starts up. So you can thank us a little bit if that actually comes to fruition. But so, yeah, it just, he was, it was just a, a really great interview to, to, to watch and listen. And everything was, was very genuine and, um, which I don't think you could get anything else from him, but in yeah, my, I, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think there's any way that Crow Marchenko is giving you anything less than just like authentic, pure, him which i think is is really lovely um you know i looking at you know some other things you know you had mentioned that one of the quotes that you enjoyed a lot from erica branson was that you know you don't know he doesn't know how much longer he can put up with with hockey like this and my brother in christ me too me as well i also don't know how much longer i can put up with this <laughs> so yeah uh branson's interview was fun too um just because he is a veteran and he has been on a lot of teams and he is finally getting some stability in Columbus um, with his, I think probably considered right now the most hated contract on the blue jackets for, for some people, a lot of people still hate his contract. I don't think he's the most hated. I think the next person we're going to talk about in other exit interviews. Oh, okay. So he's people... the second most hated yeah. contract. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he, they were asking him, like, as a veteran, how do you feel, like, after a season like this? And, you know, he said, I, I think I have a lot of hockey left in me, but I don't think I have a lot of this kind of hockey. 
um, left in me. So he definitely is, you know, kind of a different way of the cliche answer of like, we have to be better and we have to like next season's going to be better and all that sort of stuff. But like, it was just a really honest answer from someone who's seen a lot of, a lot of things and been on a lot of teams. Um, so yeah, so he's very happy to be in Columbus and to not have to worry about where he's going to move this summer. So correct. That would have so much. Could you imagine if you went to every summer? I know you and I go into summers in life with a lot of uncertainty, but could you like imagine spending like the better part of your 20s, like never knowing where you're going to be the following year, potentially like that's wild. Now, don't get me wrong. They make a lot of more, a lot more money than you and I do. And uh, they can handle that. <laughs> but And they also have like people that can like help them with those yeah. sorts of things. But, but no, and especially like it's one thing for like a young guy who is, you know, not married and all this sort of stuff to like sort of pick up and go and change, you know, cities and areas of the country, like kind of on a whim. But these guys who are older, who are married and having families and all that sort of stuff, like it gets hard, like it gets really hard. And especially when it comes to like, having school age kids. Like I think about Nick Felino's kids all the time. Like they spent so much of their childhood, like living in Columbus. And then they were just like uprooted. <laughs> they didn't go to Toronto cause he was only there for like a hot second, but just sort of like uprooted and like brought to Boston. Right. Um, and yeah, like Zach Dalpy's kids. I think about them too. Like just the transitions they're younger, but you know, any of those guys that have started families and their wives, like the wives really like, they're the ones that are responsible for a lot of the moving details and getting things, you know, sorted and set up in a new city. So cheers to the wives and girlfriends of these players. Cause I think they put up with a lot and help them help their off the ice life um be as stress-free and easy as possible so that would be a fun job to like help people in those situations like figure out all of the moving and all that kind of stuff like and then you could like play with other people's money i would actually really enjoy that gig remember when we talked about being like what's your perfect like blue jackets gig make me yes. in charge of the person who helps them find the houses well, and it is kind of like that perfect scenario that happened last summer when Johnny, you know, came to Columbus, but then in hindsight, Oliver Bjorkstrand had to leave Columbus and sort of in that same breath, like Johnny bought Oliver's house. So right. he like, that was one thing off of Oliver's list and um, not necessarily like, barracks housing or anything but just like houses that like you know are just nhl houses like as people you know they stay there for as long as they're there and then that comes available for you know the next person or family um but i always love the stories of like young players living with other players and their families because <laughs> oh, i think I that's really a but you know it's like a, a student exchange program <laughs> yeah in a lot of in a lot of ways it is especially when you look at like some of these like russians and who they've lived with and you know even to some extent you know david savard taking in pierre-luc dubois there's that french canadian element so it's cool stuff even if even if the one of those two people didn't end up being so cool but <laughs> I think the the exit interview that everybody obviously cared the most about or was the most tuned into was that of Ellis Mers-Legans. I mean, I, I thought it was interesting, at least from my perspective. For one, what I'll say is that if you listen to these interviews at one and a half speed, it's a trip and Elvis's accent goes away every now and again. I was like, wait, what's going on? But um, but no, I mean, like this is a good interview because it comes right after, you know, I mean, like learning that Manny Legacy is no longer the goaltending coach and it's a pretty introspective interview. It's an interview where he gets asked a lot of questions about, you know, 
what what's your plan to make sure that this doesn't keep happening right like what like how uncomfortable was that conversation that you just had with management like all that kind of stuff like which is all really fair questions for him to be getting asked and a lot of the stuff that we you know i think we've even talked about pieces of elvis's exit interview on the show and maybe we didn't i thought we briefly mentioned that he wasn't going to be playing for team latvia which is something that he mentioned in his exit interview but but there's you know Generally speaking, that's the biggest like news piece out of his exit interview, which was that he would he would you know stay in Columbus because that's the team that quote like gives him the bread. Um, and well, that's and that he he feels very strongly that it's time for him to grow up, and because he, he literally said that he says yeah. I'm 29, I am not a kid anymore. It's time mm-hmm. for me to grow up, and it's time for me to give back and prove to this, you know, his teammates, this organization who have given him this opportunity and are paying him, you know, literally and figuratively, like, it's time for me to give them what they have offered me or have expected of me. Um, And I think that that's really, like, important for him. I think having that realization, like, you know, a lot of people didn't like him when they, he came in because he was like this young, hot shot, like really cocky um, person and didn't love his attitude and didn't love the emotions that he's had on the ice. And obviously, emotionally speaking, he's gone through a lot with fans the last couple of years just because of, you know, the personal tragedies that he's experienced and right. all that sort of stuff. And, you know, just, just a lot of things to go through, um, you know, just the criticism and all that sort of stuff. And I always try and think about like w- what it would be like. And I actually have been in a situation where constant negative criticism was part of my everyday life and a job and like just how much that weighs on you and, you know, just everything around you and how it affects that so i think it was really important for him to say like that he recognizes that it's time to take responsibility and you know prove himself because he he knows that he's better than this and he knows that the potential everyone saw in him is there and you know part of that is going to be staying here in Columbus for the whole off season, um, working specifically and directly with, you know, the team trainers and, um, you know, whoever they, they bring in as the new goalie coach and all that sort of stuff and really dedicate his time to his performance for the upcoming season. So, and you know, he said it himself, nobody's more disappointed in him than he is. Yeah, I, I and I, all that true, and I think, what, what was the word he said, torture himself? Like, I think he said that he was going to torture himself this offseason. Yeah, he's going to uh, torture himself. Which, I mean, like, here's the thing with Elvis, right? The reason that Elvis is in this position, in a lot of ways, is that Elvis knows how to talk. And so I'm just eager for next season because I have heard him say that phrase before that nobody is more disappointed than him. And I have not seen it happen. (laughs) And so I have to say that there's a part of me that's incredulous, like, but there's another part of me that like knows that I have to trust this process. And I know that I need to like, let that be true. And I think a lot of the things that are necessary for it to be true are underway, whether that is firing Manny legacy or not renewing his contract you know, and, and having these difficult conversations with him of like, listen, dude, like, this is what it is. And I'm glad that he's coming into those conversations with an open mind. There's a part of me that thinks that maybe he was told. I don't know if this is true, but like, I wouldn't be surprised. And I think it'd be totally rational for the team to tell him, like, it might be best for him to not consider going back to Latvia this summer to to play in the world championship and instead, you know, hang out in Columbus. And I'm glad that he sees it that way too. But and just being receptive to a new coach, like outwardly, he is seeming pretty receptive to having a new coach come in. Um, yeah. So, but I know I'm a homer. I'm an Elvis apologist. 
Like, so, but I do agree that you and uh, definitely a large portion of fans are very much so feeling like, we'll believe it, like put your money where your mouth is and, you know, prove it to us as we come into this next season. So we shall see, but it was definitely a very like interesting exit interview. And he does, you know, cause he could have very well, like also like thrown a big fit about the thing with Manny because he and Manny are, you know, and he, are very close and he credits Manny for a lot of how he plays um, and how he holds himself in this position and stuff. So I think from that standpoint, that is growth that he at least outwardly um, isn't throwing a big fit or seemingly upset about the possibility or not the possibility about the reality that a new coach will be coming in. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. And Laura, there's something else that we're, we're seeing happen quite a bit right now for sports fans all across the, uh, all across the country. Uh, and do you know what that might be? Is it winning money on DraftKings? It sure is. I'm one of those people. I'm winning a lot of money. I, I did had a pretty good weekend. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you the truth because, you know, I don't do anything about that on this show. But uh, let's shift away from the NHL playoffs and, and shift over to the NBA playoffs because focus is NBA playoffs time. And that means a big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus best bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place the same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Things aren't looking great for the Cavs. Things aren't looking all that great, but maybe you think that they got it in them, and maybe you think that somebody's going to make that be the reality for them. Maybe you're going to bet on somebody to score over 25 you're going to take the calves on the money line and all is good and all is great and they're going to win they're going to come back and they're going to come back down from a 3-1 deficit to take it back from the knicks but you're going to want to download the app now sign up with code thpn new customers can make a five dollar pregame money line bet and score 150 dollars in bonus bets if their team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpma.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino in Resorts, Kansas. 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. So this was a gamble that you and I had taken quite a while ago. I think that we were pretty much under the same impression that this was going to be reality. And so when I said earlier that there wasn't any major breaking news, I guess it might depend on perspective because this news to me is not shocking in any way, shape, or form. I think for some people it was, and we can unpack that a little bit, but that is the announcement early, or last week that uh, Alexander Texier was going to be returning to the team for the 2023-2024 season. So to kind of reiterate, because of his entrance into the NHL's player assistant um, program. He did not use that year of his contract. That would have been his last year in the 2022, 2023 season. That last year gets bumped to 23, 24. Uh, and he would still be a, res- a restricted free agent after that ends. But Alexander Texier is back. And that's something that I think is a good thing. I don't know how surprised you are about it. I know that, you know, we've talked about it before but maybe not to a lot of length. So just for you, like, was this a, a surprising decision for him to make? Was this something that you expected the team to accommodate? What was kind of your thought on how the whole Texier saga was going to go this offseason? Um, I I don't necessarily think it was a surprise. I was kind of surprised how early it was determined that he was going to come back. Um, I thought for sure that this would be a decision that we didn't find out about until – later in the summer. Um, But I mean, I think it's great. I think if he is feeling good and feeling healthy and 
Um, I think he had some really good moments over the last um, season while he was playing in Europe. So I think that's a really big positive for him too, from a confidence standpoint. Um, But always in these situations, I'm always going to be happy for a player who chooses to do what's best for them from a mental health standpoint. And like he needed to be closer to family for a time and, you know, I, I think that that was a great decision and um, I didn't get an opportunity to watch his, his media availability, but he looks really healthy and he looks really happy. Um, And so I feel positive. Like, I think this is great news um, for the team. Like, obviously it'll be a little bit of a retooling and relearning coming back to the NHL versus playing over in Europe. But um, he's got all summer to, to work on that. And, you know, he flew to Columbus to make this announcement and do everything from an official standpoint with Yarmo. And um, I think that's a big step too. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what this, this version of Texas is like and how he's matured. Um, over the last year and hopefully it means nothing but good things. It makes, you know, our situation with our lineup and whatnot a little bit more, you know, complicated because as if we needed another forward, but, (laughs) you know, I think it's great that he was able to postpone that last year and get another opportunity to see um, what he can do in the NHL. I mean, cause like, this is like an entirely different scenario that he's walking into, right? I mean, like if you think about when he left versus where we're at now, it is an entirely different scenario. And that's the thing about it that's so interesting to me, right, is because this didn't feel like a conversation with a player who has been in Columbus for the last, you know, however many years and, you know, what have you. This was It felt like a conversation with a player who was coming in for the first time. Because in a lot of ways, he is. In a lot of ways, he's going to have to reestablish so much of of what he built in Columbus, and nothing is guaranteed to him at this point, right? You've got a new coach which is going to come with a new coaching system. You don't don't have a lot of the players there that were there when you had left too, right? Like there's so much that's so new for him. And I like that he's going to be playing in the World Championships here too. I guess he's another player that the Jackets have going there as well. I didn't even think about that. He mentioned that in his interview. I don't know if Team France has made that official yet, but it's, you know, it's going to be good for him to get that opportunity on that kind of a stage with that kind of a talent against him to just make sure he's still ready to go. And then he's going to prepare over the off season. He's going to come to Columbus. And I'm not saying he's going to have to fight for a spot on this team, but like kind of like, Maybe he doesn't have to fight for a spot on the on the opening night roster per se on being the one of the starting, you know, one of the people who starts up in, in Columbus, but he's gonna have to at least fight for a role. And it's gonna be interesting to see how he handles that. And hopefully a, a season overseas is gonna do that for him. That's my hope, but we can't really know for sure until it happens. Yeah, and it's I mean, it's been a long time since we've seen him, you know, on the ice for Columbus because before he made the decision to take this past season off, he got injured, I think, in Jan- very early January in 2022 and did not play the remainder of that season. Um, so it's been almost a year and a half, um, and it will be closer to almost two years in September when he returns for camp that um, we haven't seen him. So yeah, that's it is kind of like a brand new, a brand new guy coming in because God think of how many changes that have happened since that time. And like, that's just, he's going to have so many people that he has to meet and like all this sort of, I mean, Johnny Gaudreau is on the team now. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, very much on the team. This it's just going to be a whole new reality. I mean, the whole locker room is different. Um, all that sort of stuff. Like, I know he even said that in his interview. He said the locker room is different. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, they hadn't even started construction yet. That was all last summer. So he, 
wasn't there for it. Yeah, I feel like he was there for the first phase, but not the second. Oh, yeah, maybe that's true. But even that still, I mean, like, that's still drastically different. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm along for the text ride. I mean, the thing about him, right, was that he was probably one of the Blue Jackets' most productive, most consistent forwards when he got hurt in the 2021-2022 season. My God, that was a long time ago. And so we'll see if he can he can bring that through into the next year. We had a taxi squad that year. Christ. Y- yeah? It's, this past season is the first season we haven't had a taxi squad. Well, if my memory serves me right, and it might not, I don't think they started that year of the taxi squad. And then when everything hit the fan and people started getting sick and shit, around the all-star break, I feel like is when they reintroduced them. And so that was around the time that he got hurt. And so I don't think it was around for the whole season, but I think it was there for a portion of it. And I think it was a portion of which he got hurt. That would make sense. Wild. I forgot. It's not that I forgot about taxi squads, like literally forgot about them, but like, wow. Oh, you mean the like biggest stumbling block of Liam Foodie's career? Yeah, yeah, I mean literally like the thing that killed Liam Foodie's NHL career. Um, hopefully I'm wrong about that. Hopefully we're wrong about that. But yeah, that thing. And so, man, fucking taxi squads. But this is a pro-tax podcast, I feel like. I feel like we're like hoping for the best for him. Uh, I did think he looked really good. I thought that he had a pretty good energy about him. He was definitely not open to talking about the past year and that's okay. Like, I'm sure that there are a lot of people who like, aren't cool with that, but at the end of the day, right. Like we are only allowed, like we are only allowed to know so much about a person and that is what they share with us. And he didn't share with us and that's okay. And that's that's his personal life. Like that, if he's feeling ready enough to come back, then that is, between him and whatever is between him and the front office. And it's between him and whatever resources or whatnot that he relies on. Um, You know, I feel the same way about people who ask other players that go through um, that program, you know, tell us more specifics about why you were gone. Like, no, like you just need to know that they're entering that program and, that's what it's there for and that's their personal life and it doesn't need to be spewed all over, you know, to be commented on. Um, Because especially when it comes to like mental health concerns, like so many people view things so differently and I can't imagine being in that place and reading something or hearing something where it's like, Oh, well that's, you know, some someone thinking something is much more simpler to overcome than it is for, you know, that specific person. So, and as someone who struggles with her own mental health and um, mental illness and all that sort of stuff, like, yeah, no thanks. Like, I don't, I don't, that doesn't need to be open for public fodder and other people's opinions. So good for him for, sticking to his guns and um you know making the the purpose of that media availability his his hockey and um how he sees this opportunity with the blue jackets yeah without a doubt and so we're rooting for him we'll keep it locked we'll let y'all know all of our thoughts always and you know we'll see where where things end up after training camp because that's going to be, I mean, there are a lot of stories in this training camp. I mean, we don't need to start talking about them yet, but that's it. This is going to be an interesting September for us <laughs> talking about it. I think we are going to potentially have a lot of divergent thoughts on who we think should make this opening day roster. And I can't wait to fight about it. You do love chaos. I do. My therapist even told me that this week, but Laura, is there anything else? I'm sure there are things that I am missing on the week that was for the blue jackets, but is there anything that you can think of that we didn't talk about with the good people 
Every time I go to say that, I get so anxious that I'm going to, like, have forgotten, like, the literal anchor of our show. So if that's today, I need it to not be because that would really traumatize me. But go ahead. And is there anything else that's on your hockey radar? Um, No. I mean, as you listen to this, it's less than two weeks from uh, the, you know, um, why did I just forget what it's called? The lottery. Everybody, flush your ice cube. <laughs> the, the same thing, but fuck it, we're gonna try. Sure, I didn't hear a word that you said, but I'm gonna go. Oh, with did it. you not? Well, like you were speaking as I was trying to come together with my thought, and so no, like I think my just ear shut off. Sure, um, that happens. for sure that happens. But yeah, so a little less than two weeks until the draft lottery. Um, which is, you know, big news all the time. I will actually be very happy when it's over so that we just know, um, how the hockey gods feel about us. But I have seen some people opening up to like on social media anyway, opening up to other possibilities outside of Connor Bernard. So that seems healthier. Um, which is good. So maybe they won't burn shit down if we don't get the first overall pick. So excited about that. And I don't know. I don't know if they had announced it officially yet or not, but the Blue Jackets are hosting a draft lottery party wow. on Monday, May 8th. Um, it's going to be at Columbus Brewing Company. And it will be, I think it starts at seven. So. Um, I will be there. There's potential Jeremy will be there, but that is TBD. So, you know, you could get to see both of us or just me. I know he's more exciting than I am, but. See, and alternatively, I was going to say, if you find out that I'm going, I would understand if you decided to change your plans. It's okay. I know he's the real star of the show. So. Oh my god. But so yeah, so hopefully you can come out to that and you know, be stressed out um all together. Which will be great. And yeah, we only have like this week and next week I think that are solid two episode a week weeks. And then I think we're going to probably pare down. Uh, for a little while to one episode a week mm -hmm. but you still get a lot of us for the next couple of weeks this is true for sure this is true and because we are the content producing wizards that we are i think we're recording those four episodes this one and then the other three that you just talked about like all within six days though because we're like recording the exit interviews like early <laughs> so like Got a lot yeah. of podcasting to do, friends, and we're going to enjoy every single second of it because we just love, love, love you all and love doing this. So, um, so yeah, I know that you summed it up pretty great. We're in it for the long haul. We're in it for the incredible amount of anxiety that we're all going to be feeling here at the beginning of May. And we've still got some good content coming your way. So you're not going to want to miss anything that we have to share with you. I'm really excited about our episode that will drop on Friday. I won't talk too much about it, but I think we're going to get like a little bit of an exclusive look into something related to the Columbus Blue Jackets. And so um, you're going to want to check that out because I know Laura and I are really excited about that one. So go ahead and make sure you follow us everywhere. And the only way that you know how to do that, because you haven't figured it out by now, I'm sure of it. It's to listen to Laura Norman tell you where to find us. She's yeah. better than Liam Neeson is. Like she's better than anybody is at finding things, not killing. Oh, things. I was like, yeah. What Liam Neeson reference are you? Taken, 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 taken. But okay. let us let us know where the good people can find us. Yes, you can find us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Pod. You can follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Subjectively Speaking. One of these days when Jeremy's less busy, he'll put up that unboxing video that he did or did kind of. He has to edit it still, but it's very exciting um, on our TikTok. And then we have a beautiful website, subjectivelyspeaking.com. If you want to support our your two favorite hockey podcasters and get some sweet merch in exchange, we have a merch store, subjectivelymerch.com. Some fun stuff up there. Probably going to add some new stuff over the course of the off season and to help get you pumped for 
the fall. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, particularly if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. And again, we don't know how the algorithms work, but we do know that your likes, subscriptions, reviews, comments, whatnot, um, helps to get us noticed in the hockey podcast charts and you know helps to bring more people to this lovely little community of ours. And actually, I weirdly looked at our Spotify. Who knew? 11 ratings on Spotify. Um, so, and all five stars. So there you go. There are three. So that's exciting. You what? I think the last time I looked, there were three. So that's exciting. So yeah, look at that growth. Um, But yeah, so we're just, we're just incredibly thankful and we're excited um, that you'll be along um, for the ride for this off season with us because it's going to be exciting. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's going to be something. It is definitely going to be an (laughs) adjective. And we're excited to be a part of that with you all. It's going to be a good time. But yeah, until next time, make sure that you all are taking care of yourselves, take care of one another, and we will come to you on Friday with a really cool episode. And until then, uh, take care. Bye.